Hi, this is Reese Roper, and you're listening to our newest podcast ever. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew and John, and we love this podcast because it's about us. Welcome to Magnified Pod, the second season, our newest podcast ever. And we are both cyborg pimps from the future. I'm Andrew. I'm Pimp at 5000, <laughs> aka John. And this is our podcast. Woo. Woo. Oh, man, John. It has been. It's been. It's been, <laughs> you know what's funny, as I was actually going to say, it's been one week. <laughs> since you Zoomed with me. <laughs> it's been one week since I Zoomed with you. Um, tricky to Chinese, the, the talk, to mayonnaise tacos, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. Um, it's been... Uh, one week since our two-year anniversary, where last week we held our Patreon-only Zoom hangout, and that was a super blast. Fun. It was really great. It was super fun. It was nice to see the faces of the people who are our sugar daddies and sugar mamas. <laughs> the good crew of, of humans. Yep. I do not mean to be dismissive by <laughs> saying they are our sugar daddies and sugar mamas, but it does mean a lot, the financial support and the yes, um, the physical showing up to want to hang, you know? Yeah. It's really nice. It feels it nice. It was a good time. It felt like, man, these are good people. It felt like this is, it just made me reaffirm the fact that like Five Iron has some of the coolest fans it's true yeah the time flew by and we were like oh we gotta hang up on this call to go start our instagram live uh which, we which was did also for, really fun it was super fun we did for two and a half hours <laughs> probably probably longer than <laughs> was necessary <laughs> my phone died well, multiple times your, your phone died multiple times we had some guest hosts yeah, uh it was great including uh danny leary from sadie hawkins pod telling more like drunky Larry. <laughs> oh shit! Talking <laughs> about some story related to the Dingies and Reese, um, I couldn't. I wasn't quite tracking. Um, <laughs> we were we were all feeling loose. <laughs> we were all feeling we we're all feeling a little loose. Um, uh, Meg from Monterey joined mm-hmm. for a bit to mm-hmm. to jump on and guest host as as when your phone died. Um, Robert. Oh boy, Robert, Robert Gay. Right. Um, he got the short end of the stick because I he jumped on to, <laughs> to I invited him to jump on to host like at the very tail end of that second two hour mark when Instagram mm-hmm. like cuts you off, right? So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, yeah. but it was still it was still really fun and it was nice to kind of have a little bit of a dialogue with sure. all the listeners. I thought all the stand-in co-hosts uh, filled in admirably. And uh, should I die, as you were concerned I may have when I was late to the Zoom call tonight, uh, any one of them could could jump in and, and right, right. deliver a quality um, product. 
Yeah, I think um, I think it was was it Robert Gay that's going to get your children after <laughs> after you and Jenny die in a house fire. That's, that was the. <laughs> that's what we worked out with our lawyer. Yeah, uh, uh, Robert, look yeah. for look for the paperwork in the mail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was really fun. So some some things came up on the Instagram live that. Mm-hmm. One of the things we talked about in the Patreon uh, only hang, Zoom hang, was what we're going to do for the third season. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we were discussing a bunch of different bands and kind of like what people might be interested in hearing. And you and I both had not listened to Showbread. Right. And that seemed to be quite <laughs> the controversy. Yes. I'm sure listeners to this right now are also throwing there well don't worry i've been listening i've been listening to some showbread in the last week and i can uh, say in the affirmative that they rule cool uh they have there's like definitely you know some people were comparing them i forget there was one band that they were people comparing them to but i thought they like at least one album i was listening to kind of had that like post hardcore refused kind of Mm. vibe going on yeah so i was very much into that and uh also it came out that you aren't familiar with the the dinghies you, you throwing me AKA, right under the, the the bus right now hey well i just admitted that i was not from i was not familiar with showbread which was right. a, tra- a tragedy but, but at least you pronounced it correctly <laughs> yes accurate i don't know so, the dingies people i called them the dinghies i feel <laughs> ashamed <laughs> Uh, Robert, why don't you just go ahead and take the kids now? <laughs> I've died of shame. I, yeah, I think I think this is uh, CPS needs to be called. Um, <laughs> Milo and Elliot don't know about the dingies. Uh, no, but you, I, I'll, I'll do a dingies yeah. deep dive. Yes, absolutely. Because I'll I feel like things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, John, I don't yes. know about you, but. I've, uh, I'm actually taking a little bit of a booze break. Yeah. How's that, uh, been? I mean, it's only been like five days, but it's necessary for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, one of which is, uh, it came out recently, or at least I had the realization that I've, uh, since quarantine started, I've ordered five cases of hams. (laughs) I was gonna say, what are you gonna do with your fridge plus multiple other boxes of full of hams? The hams will be there when I'm ready. <laughs> That's but, right. Just like it always is. <laughs> hams is always there for me. <laughs> um, I feel. I think that's kind of. I think that was the slogan for a while. <laughs> uh, so I'm. I need to take a break, just also because I don't really need to be drinking as much as I'm drinking and. I just want to, you know, maybe I'll, my head will be a little clearer. I'll drop some LBs. Um, so instead, yeah. I am drinking a LaCroix. Ah. And this, I feel like, could be bordering on another potential controversy. Mm. Uh, and I'd like to get your thoughts. Are you, so first off, are you a LaCroix or sparkling water fan? 
Well, I was going to say that therein may be some controversy. I don't like LaCroix. I don't really okay. like any kind of sparkling water. So okay. I feel like that usually puts me in rare company. Well, I mean, here's the thing about most sparkling waters is that it's it's fine. I don't typically gravitate towards it. I'm not one of those people that like walks out of Whole Foods with a, you know, a 12-pack of LaCroix under each arm. Right. But if it's it's available, I'll snag I'll snag a LaCroix. Certain flavors are pref, uh, preferred. You but big uh, pomplamoose head? I, I'm not a pomplamoose head. I'm I'm actually drinking peach pear. Ah, that sounds which, nice. Right? And it is. It is refreshing. It's tropical. I think it's a excellent fruit combination. And evidently, some people think it tastes like hot trash. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know if this is the new, uh, the new Starburst debate. I don't. I don't know. Uh, what, I don't know. I'm not informed people... enough to weigh in. But my wife is a is a Lacroix girl, not a Lacroix okay. boy, um, <laughs> which is catchier. Um, yeah, it is. It is. And uh, she is known to try to make me try new flavors in a continued effort to get me to like one. And I feel like that is one that I tasted and I was like, that was pretty good. So I think I back you up on this. Nice. Well, I need to, uh, I need to get some inf- more information from, um, yeah. from Jenny Booth Potter's husband um, <laughs> on this, yeah. uh, on this, on this subject. Yeah. I, uh, I should That's say another that another joke from <laughs> something that from, from the live, tiny live tiny percentage of the people who are listening <laughs> to this participated in. Um, yeah, I uh, I should say the one I don't even know if it's sparkling water because honestly it's more like soda than water, but clearly Canadian. Have we talked about oh, this yeah. on the pod? We haven't I, talked about it on the pod, but it's okay. that's a that's a throwback. I am in love with clearly Canadian and drank it a lot growing up. Yeah. Um, and they recently started stocking it again. Uh, World Market sells it. I don't yep. know how recently. I guess it's a couple of years now. But yeah, every time I go there, I get some, and it's like $4 a bottle or something like that. But I get like, you know, one of each kind. So it's like a drop $16 or whatever. And I was like, oh, what if it's not as good as my nostalgia demands it is? And it still tastes really good, bro. So, uh, And it still comes in those sort of like, Yep. teardrop kind of bottles or whatever bottles. that's right i feel like they tried like a a rebrand but this new yeah. you know since they've restocked they went they went old school baby which is the way to they do got it. you they um, got you that's if you're gonna if first off if you're gonna capitalize on nostalgia you can't rebrand that's <laughs> right, right. that's i mean it's you, that's why like when they when they did like the the crystal pepsi you have right. to go you have to go old school it's true um, do you remember Orbits with the little like the, tapioca the, the, balls floating in it? Uh, uh, <laughs> actually, no. I, I thought you were gonna. I thought it was something else. I thought it was oh. like okay. I so don't know what, what is it? it was, but it was it was a drink that had little floating balls in it. That was the whole gimmick of it. Uh, very nineties. Um, oh damn! I am not familiar <laughs> with that. That looks that it, it, it sort of looks like a like those like chia kombuchas. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a uh, you know tapioca ball drink, but it would you know I, I also thought it was made, cool. made by the same people who produced Clearly Canadian. Hey, maybe that's why I was primed for it. Uh, Clearly Canadian. If you would like to sponsor us, I would love <laughs> some free Clearly Canadian. 
No, dude, let's let's get on that. Let's get on that clearly clearly Canadian spawn con. I mean clearly Canadian and Christian alternative nineties music Venn diagrams yeah. are pretty pretty big overlap <laughs> there, I think. So facts. Facts. Well, I salute you for giving up the drink. I have a scotch in my hand, so I'm sorry that I'm not uh, joining you. Hey, but. you don't need I I am not this is not a this is yeah. not about anybody else. Like I'm not going to not going to raid on anybody else's scotch parade. Thank you. <laughs> Still uh, that trade that Trader Joe's scotch? Yeah, man. It's good stuff. Good job, TJ. Tra- Trader Joe's, hit us up for more spawn con. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I'll take some some snacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, frozen goods. Yep. <laughs> Whatever you got. Well, thanks again to the folks who joined us for the call, whether you are a Patreon punk, uh, which we have some uh, new members uh, to salute in this episode, or whether you (laughs) joined us for the live. Um, But speaking of those new Patreon punks, over at patreon.com slash magnified pod, we have several new folks who have joined us. They get wonderful stuff like uh, bonus content, post-game special content uh we've today we're talking about the five from 2013 which we will not cover in the episode proper you can get that exclusively at the patreon you know you want to hear about the five things that were happening in 2013 for each of us that were meaningful um but today we have to welcome to the patreon punk family past and future guest tyler day lead singer of the morning spelled with a u himself uh mickey leonard Mickey, possibly our uh, quickest binge uh, champion of, uh, of finishing would, every episode. I would, I would hazard that Mickey is unequivocally the <laughs> only person to, to binge our all of our episodes from beginning to end in like a month. It's just we, like, we've heard from a few recently who've done that, but I think well, Mickey is still the rating champ. I think, I mean, until, because we don't know if they've like, I just need some confirmation that they listen to the full episodes. Yeah, let's get these receipts, like, people. <laughs> yeah, let's, it's a, it's a serious competition over here. That's right. Don't write Who else a, we got? a binge check your butt can't cash. Uh, we got Brian Yikes. Canberra, aka the Rudy Librarian. <laughs> The Rudy Librarian himself. Go check out his venture, bringing ska and books together. Cool dude. Uh, returning from season one, a regular, Dr. Chad, Jen Mandigo. <laughs> Past guest herself, perhaps a future guest. Uh, thanks, Dr. Jen. And finally, John Bourne, our latest Patreon punk. Thank you, John. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate the support. We appreciate it. Yeah. So speaking of Dr. Jen. Yes. Um, which <laughs> I just want to be clear. She doesn't make us <laughs> call her. <laughs> she doesn't make us call her Dr. Jen. Um, yeah. We, we could just call her Jen. But uh, <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Chad. Uh, so Dr. Jen had reached out to us and said uh, that we should cover this book, Jesus and John Wayne. Right. Yes. Um, Your dad's reading it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, 
was like, he's like, yeah, you can read this when I'm done. It's uh, Jesus and John Wayne, how white evangelicals corrupted the faith and fractured a nation. Sounds pretty and good. She's to like, me. you need to talk about this on the pod. And I'm yep. like, this is sort of our wheelhouse. Sounds like perfect uh, Patreon content right there. Ooh. Oh, book man. Club should, we, action. should we do like a chapter by chapter over here? Oh, you think of what I'm thinking of here? <laughs> oh, they get some sort of uh... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty fun, actually. Could do that. That would actually be, yeah, if we did like club. a small, yeah, do a little book club, that'd be pretty, that would be pretty tight. How about um, that, people? Does that put you, you over the edge? You want to support us now? Book club? <laughs> huh? Huh? Book club? You're talking books, talking ska. What else do you want? <laughs> what else do you want over here? Talking hot, some hot LaCroix takes? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Well, perhaps we will, we will dive into that. Um, do we have some voicemails over here? We have some voicemails over. All right. We got, uh, we got Brandon. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brandon from PA. Um, I sent you an email uh, this past week, but then I decided I was a cop out. I should, uh, I should call in just to tell my tell my first FIF experience uh, over the voicemail. So, um, that's right. Yes, yeah, so the first time I saw Five Iron uh, or I even heard of them was live mm. because uh, I mean that's I mean that kind of gets to the heart of the podcast is. When did, when did you, you when did you first them? hear of Five Iron Frenzy? <laughs> I just you, started going to a new youth group when I was in sixth grade. This was in '97, and uh, I was going along with some of the other kids, older kids who were going to a show. Now I had only been to maybe a DC Talk Arena mm-hmm. concert at this yes. point, and uh, I was a newbie to uh, to small punk shows i didn't know what to expect i didn't even know who the bands were so uh i didn't know what to expect when i show up showed up um pretty sure it was johnny respect opened and it was definitely goatee hook and five iron uh we're we're both on the on the bill um i was really loving it goatee hook was awesome goatee hook uh was around here a lot in pennsylvania a lot i remember um and uh, I think they played in Army Fatigues at this show. <laughs> I think Combat Chuck was there and introduced nice. one of the bands. Um, and by the time Goody Hook was done, I was having a great time. So I went to the front as far as I could. I was kind of hugging the stage uh, when Five Iron came out. Pretty sure Reese had green hair. Um, <laughs> I was I was loving it, but I was very confused by what I was seeing. He was like launching himself into the air and, and just landing on his side. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Reef stuff, but at the time I was, I didn't know what to think. Um, at, at one point he uh, was holding the mic up for kids to sing and he held it up in front of me. Um, and just to demonstrate just how young and innocent I was, when he got to me, I yelled to him, I don't know the words. <laughs> uh, to which I think he kindly was like just scream um but i'll never forget that that was that was embarrassing um but it, you know i kept enjoying myself he pulled me up on stage with some other people to dance later i was jumping up and down as i had done at the concerts while other kids were skanking but uh it was a good time it was a really good time um and i was all in after that and fast forward a year and there's a picture of me in my junior high yearbook wearing a Super Tones t-shirt and an insider's necklace. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, love the pod and uh, Magpod for life. Thanks, buddy. 
Thanks, Brandon. That's that's a great as a great story, a great memory. It's pretty perfect. And yeah. I thought you were going to say that when you told Reese that you didn't know the words that he was going to tell you back that he didn't know them either. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably why he was holding the mic out to <laughs> yeah, begin with. That is fair. He was, um, he was farming for lyrics. He's like, eh, I don't know. Uh, Brandon, thank you for leaving a voicemail. I was actually going to mention uh, the very nice email that you sent, uh, which maybe we'll have to, to read some excerpts from at some point because it was also really great. Um, but among the things that he said in the email... Uh, was that he uh, he wasn't in a ska band, but he did play trombone in a band with horns. Uh, it was called The Baggins, <laughs> which is a great name. Um, and uh, so at some point, we'll have to play some some Baggins on the pod. I'm, I'm assuming it's some sort of Lord of the Rings based. I hope so. I hope there's a lot of like Hobbit-based <laughs> songs in it. <laughs> Is this, a, is this a Nick Polk band over here? <laughs> oh, man. I, there's probably like Hobbit core, right? Is that a thing? <laughs> there's there's, there's got to be. Yeah, everything everything's about like salted pork and pipe weed. And right, like, yeah. I mean, I guess that's already like, you know, Led Zeppelin and that whole genre is already very like token-based anyway. But yeah, fair anywho, enough. Thanks, Brandon. Come from a land of the ice. And- I, I think I just got us, uh, I think I just got us sued there. Yeah, probably. Um, Odd Zeppelin yeah, not, not coming soon <laughs> Definitely not Definitely not uh, There's something else Oh so he was talking about Goaty Hook uh, Being there And I had to look up I'm like I didn't I couldn't remember where they were from But uh, Goaty Hook's from uh, Fairfax, Virginia, Virginia. Yeah. And so yeah I guess that makes sense That they would be up in PA Since that's not too terribly far Right I remember Virginia mainly because when I lived in DC and we went to visit my sister-in-law who lived in Southern Virginia, there were food lions all over the place. Nice. <laughs> I was like, just like the song. That's why these guys <laughs> sang about this. <laughs> this one's called the box food lion. <laughs> food lion. <laughs> Which I, I think I thought was like gibberish until I realized it was a grocery store chain. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it still doesn't make, make sense. But... <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. We got Peter. Hey guys, this is uh, Peter Ward calling from Atlanta again. Uh, I'm a few episodes behind, but listening to <laughs> when Reese called in about Brave Saint Saturn, uh, Far From Home, and how much he hates it, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm kind of with John on this one. It's it's definitely one of my favorites, probably because of the uh, time of life that it I was in when it came out. Um, but uh fun story about that is I actually I did get to see Brave Saint Saturn live at uh what? Cornerstone ninety nine. Oh, uh, yeah. because you know, Five Iron was there and so then they did uh a side show in one of the like tents, uh kinda, you know, off to the side with uh with uh, uh, as Brave Saint Saturn. And one of the really cool things was uh, you know, I, there's been a lot of hate for uh, Shadow of Death, uh, which is uh, warranted. But one of the cool <laughs> things about it is they have that female uh, backup vocalist on it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that was the inspiration behind it, but at the Cornerstone Saturn show, they had a female uh, female vocalist that sang along with Reese, not only on that song, but on all the songs. And I remember enjoying it so much that I wished that she had been on the whole album because having Reese and this girl, like, uh, or, you know, young woman singing together was just, just made the, the album even more, uh, or the music even more beautiful and, uh, and I loved it. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's my little story. Uh, Magpod for life. 
Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's uh, not only did you get to see Brave Saint Center live, uh, but you got to see Shadow of Death live. That's, um, <laughs> that's you're something. you're among uh, you're among a small group of people who <laughs> are willingly admitting that. I hope uh, Frankie T supplied his mad rap skills in quotes um, <laughs> for everybody. Um, I mean, I don't know how else would you know about the meaning of five minute walk. That's true. Yeah. You go into your, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to <laughs> make fun of it. Um, too easy a target. Um, uh, yeah. So I believe, so Monica Smith is the one who did the the backup vocals on that record. There are other uh, female voices on other BS2 albums. And I agree. I was really like that sound. I know Amy did some of those live shows uh, with them doing backup vocals with Reese and they sounded great together. So, uh, Brave Saints had yeah, a we- yeah, we played. We posted one of those videos from yeah. uh, maybe it was that was that scum of the earth that they. It was some sort of church events. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, dude. Uh, this is new Daniel again. Um, I guess I forgot to mention my last name last time, but Daniel Moraine is my name. Daniel Moraine. Uh, they know me over at uh, Sadie Hawkins Pod, as you can see my sock. Um, Anyway, uh, it's Monday, and it looks like the new episode is not up, at least on Spotify, so I went back and listened to a random old episode um, that I hadn't listened to yet, which was the um, uh, the 10 Years in Running episode. Uh, mm. Good episode. Uh, enjoyed it. I'm glad you guys did that one, because that was... Uh, I played that CD a lot, actually. Um, I never had Let It Happen or... Um, uh, I, I think I didn't get uh, life in general even until much later in high school, and um, uh, for some reason didn't really get into that one. I don't know why, but um, so there were Controversy. a lot of the songs on Ten Years of Running that I didn't have anywhere else. Um, and uh, it's interesting to hear you talk about the differences between them because um, you know I just didn't know those differences until I heard them later. But um, anyway, that. Uh, episode aired a long time ago, so I know it's not super relevant. More relevant is that, uh, Andrew, you mentioned living in Kansas for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you, you you mentioned Salina. I don't know if that's where you said you lived or what, but um, I, I would love to hear a little bit more about that because I am from Kansas. I live there currently. Um, hmm. I mean, I've lived my whole life in Kansas. I was born in Great Bend. Um, but I, I grew up in McPherson, um, so very close to Salina, and uh, went to um, uh, a lot of shows in Salina because um, there's a little bit of a music scene between Salina and McPherson and Wichita. Um, and uh, but I don't know if you are familiar with the Indian Rock Lodge. I have no idea if they're having shows there back when you. Um, were there. It's fine or even where you were, but, uh, you know, played in shows there. Uh, more, even more relevant to Topic of Hands, just by Mary Frenzy, is that um, apparently, I only learned this, like, within the last 10 years, but apparently Five Iron played at, in McPherson at Central Christian College, um, which is where I had been to college. Um, I, back then, it might have just been still known as Central College. Um but they apparently played there. Um, I don't know 
very many details about that show, unfortunately. Um, I've heard of from a couple people who attended that show, uh, but, yeah, I don't know too much about it. Um, okay, so we, we'll see if we can get some answers on that, on that McPherson show. But I do want to say, yes, I did live in Salina, Kansas. Um, I was too young at that point to really go to to any shows. Um, you guys moved around a little bit. We moved around a little bit, but I was also I also lived in Kansas in the late '80s and early '90s. So, uh, and I was a young I was a young kid. Uh, but I so I grew up in Salina. Yeah. So you're Mc, in McPherson. You're a little south. You're just you're like directly south of Salina. Uh, I did. I don't know if I really made it to McPherson too much. I did remember going to Lindsberg some, which is sort of like maybe halfway between Salina and McPherson. We're getting very, very <laughs> specific geographic. For, for those <laughs> I, of us who don't know Kansas, which is most of us. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not, maybe this is, maybe this is, a, hey, maybe this is appealing to the, uh, to the very specific Kansas crowd, that, sure. uh, that Kansas demo that we've been, the coveted Kansas demo. That, that KC yeah, punk rock scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't been, I haven't honestly been back to Kansas in, uh, probably 25 years so it's it's you forgot about been, the scene man i did i i sold out moved to the big city forgot about my roots <laughs> i don't and, think i have yeah. ever been to kansas sorry i mean i no <laughs> hey i mean it's it's uh salina was i have i have very nice memories of my childhood i don't know if i could live in salina anymore uh shout out to metal arc elementary school that was my jam. Um, uh, my dad. Yeah. It's one of the largest wheat producing areas of the country. Well, shit. Um, That's awesome. Hey, well, <laughs> shout out to any other any other uh, Salina any Salina fans out there. There's some 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 Saline County heads. Anybody? No. All right. If if you're from a if you're from a wheat producing area, hit us up with the hashtag uh, <laughs> largest wheat producing area. <laughs> And tell yeah. us about uh, your boring geography. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, hey, uh, s- sorry, uh, Daniel. We don't need to. We're not trying to disparage Kansas. No, I, I would love to hear more. I, I love hearing about like little scenes that you know. I you know, having grown up in Minnesota, people write it off. There's cool little scenes going on everywhere. Uh, yeah. but uh, but Kansas. I is also popping. I also want to see if we can get any some if if. Reese has or Scott has any memory of any of the Kansas shows because that's got to be a very very tiny very tiny show yes well thank you for sharing that memory Daniel I believe you're the one who prompted us to to use the hashtag too many Danny's last week but (laughs) there can never be enough Danny's as far as I'm concerned bring bring all bring all the Daniels on hey guys any podcast that's playing Five Iron Frenzy has Five Iron Frenzy members in the podcast. I am uh, I am all over it. Five Iron Frenzy, Mag Pod for life. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I like that little ending. It was a good sign yeah. up. Little, yeah. You could. <laughs> <laughs> you, we are requesting that everybody sign off with Magpod for Life and whatever their favorite Jesus, <laughs> Jesus song. Sure. 
He kind of went. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Oh wait, he, what did he say? Did, he I said Poodermobile. Did he say Poodermobile? I thought he said Poodermobile. That sounds right. Let's 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 rewind and hear that tape again. Yeah, I think you, I think you're right. Live. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. Okay, that that makes more sense. I thought he just did a little like, <laughs> like nice little cap to like bring it in the air. Yeah. Um, Abraham Lincoln beard. <laughs> Waffle of the ancient. <laughs> oh boy, can't wait to dive into Dude, Jesus too, everybody. Digesting all the oatmeal. <laughs> Oh man, so much good stuff yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, we will be doing cheeses, uh, the second coming of cheeses, just right. so you know. John, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been more than one week? It's it's been more than one week since we have done a game. So, John, uh. I must I must ask you. <laughs> do you want to play a game? <laughs> Yes, yes. I want to make my record better. Okay. Let's see if you can redeem yourself. A little redemption this week yes, on Magnified yes. Pod. I need it. So this week we are talking engine yeah, we of are. a million plots. The 2013 record. And there are lots of things in the world that have plots have gardens, uh-huh. we have cemeteries. Mm-hmm. But this week, I'm going to ask you about B-movie plots. Yes. In a game I'm calling Search Engine with a Million Plots. <laughs> this is good. This is good stuff. So, John, you're a film buff. And mm-hmm. I don't know if B-movies qualify as film since by definition they are a b movie right i mean i think b movie qualifies as a film but b movies <laughs> in general yeah. maybe not yeah the jerry seinfeld vehicle b movie is a uh, high art i think it's it's an art house classic if i remember right and don't forget a uh, b movie the the mxpx dvd <laughs> yes. also two also. two giants <laughs> two of, films of, of two giants <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we made. I think we also made this that same Jerry Seinfeld B movie joke uh, while talking. <laughs> yeah, and you're welcome. I, I can almost yeah, I can almost guarantee that I also did my terrible Jerry Seinfeld impression. Yeah. What's the deal with B movies? <laughs> um. Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> B movies. Why don't they? <laughs> No, that was All right, moving moving on, moving on. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read you a plot to a B movie and you need to tell me if it's an actual movie or some shit I made up. It's like a spiritual sequel to the the altitude. It uh, is. It is. It sort of makes sense. Question about that particular B movie which we may still watch at some point. We we absolutely need to watch Altitude. Yeah, that I is can't wait. going that needs to be that might need to be a Patreon bonus. That might be another a book club. We yeah. we digest like 15 minutes per per episode. All right. Okay, John. Are you ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Okay. First movie. I bought a vampire motorcycle. <laughs> this 1990 British horror comedy 
is exactly what it sounds like. The motorcycle is possessed by the spirit of its previous occultist owner, and it goes on a killing spree. The trailer includes the lines, most good motorcycles run on gasoline. This is a bad motorcycle. (laughs) It runs on blood. And made of steel, forged in hell. Is this this a real movie Mm. or some shit that I made up? I want it to be real so badly that I'm going to say, yes, it exists and I need to find it. You're saying, I bought a vampire motorcycle is a real movie. Real, real movie. You are correct. And John, uh, you are... You are in luck because I have a trailer for you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this is going to be the next entry in our in our movie club series. Most good motorcycles run on gasoline. This is a bad motorcycle. It runs on blood. <laughs> Unfortunately, the bike's previous owner is now dead. Well, my friend's a bit heavy for a crashed bike. Ah, the bike's not been crashed. The last owner didn't die on it. Had an accident with a crossbow. Nick Oddy is the machine's new legal owner, but he will never have true possession of it because it's already possessed by someone or something else. He should have suspected something when his best friend was found horribly murdered. I have to tell you. <laughs> so, um, and uh, this is incredible. Yeah. So, uh, this movie apparently was re released <laughs> and remastered on Blu ray. So, so, I can borrow it on DVD if somebody's got it. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the trailer the trailer's ridiculous, but uh, yeah. So, go. <laughs> Uh, there's, go there's, look up I bought a vampire motorcycle trailer. There's zero chance that I'm not watching this. <laughs> I need <laughs> I need this in my life. Um first of all, I love the like the commitment of the pros of that uh of that voiceover trailer narration yeah. where it's like unfortunately yeah. there's all these <laughs> twists and turns. Uh also that dude very much sounded like Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. It was like, well, what you reckon, Brain? This guy got a crossbow yeah. thrown, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but also, but I, so it's weird because this is a British movie and this yeah. is like a, an American yeah. voiceover guy. He, but, but listen, but listen to how he pronounces yeah, it slips the word a little. Mu- the, how he pronounces murder. His best friend was found horribly murdered. I have to tell you. Murdered. <laughs> horribly murdered. It's either like an English guy letting it slip through there, maybe like a weird sort of Boston, like horribly murdered. (laughs) All right. So you are one for one, John. Perfect. Perfect. Nailed it. Um, Chud. Oh, man. What happens when toxic waste leaks into New York City sewers? No, not the Ninja Turtles. You get mutant homeless people, of course. Mm-hmm. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, or chuds to be exact. <laughs> this 1984 horror movie shows a motley crew of heroes trying to find answers to a series of grisly murders when they uncover a government conspiracy, deformed monsters, and a massive cover-up. 
I unfortunately know for a fact that this is a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Chud is a real movie. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I didn't. It did. John is a is a uh, giant of cinema. So let's let's take a look at the Chud <laughs> trailer here. Beneath the city of New York are living catacombs, an endless maze of subterranean tunnels, unfit for anything human, unauthorized for anything experimental. And unlikely to bring anyone down there. So, <laughs> they're coming up. Chud. So, Chud is pretty much a jump scare the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, people just being pulled into down into sewer grates and out of phone booths and all that. Uh, I, man, yeah. all these movies very much my vibe. <laughs> I love the like synthy eighties creepy score. I've always wanted to see Chud. I've unfortunately never actually seen it, but it is kind of notorious. Um, I also know it from uh, the episode of The Simpsons where Marge is like. Of course, you'll have a bad impression of New York if you only focus on the pimps and the chuds. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> speaking of pimps from our opening, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, Chud. Uh, this is uh, this is shaping up to be a great uh, book uh, club slash movie series we'll be doing for the bud. <laughs> Next movie, Murder High. Mm. It was going to be the best summer ever. Too bad everyone in the graduating class of 1981 got mysteriously murdered, and so did the class of 1982. The class of 1983 (laughs) wasn't going to be the next victim. Mm -mm. After they discovered the principal and teachers holding satanic rituals in the basement, a group of students band together to break the curse that was placed on their school. You know there's a locker room scene. It's an 80s high school slasher movie. You know, man, this is where I gotta play some mind games. I, I really feel like this could certainly be a title, and I almost feel like I've heard this movie title in my head before. But for that reason, I'm gonna say that you made it up, and I'm just lumping some stuff together in my brain. John, Dude, you are three, three for three. This is a. <laughs> Go for the clean sweep, maybe? I don't know. Um, I don't want to... Let's not jinx I wanna, it. I don't want to jinx it. Don't want to jinx not, it. Not since uh, Doomsday Cults have I, have I thrived this much in a, in a game. <laughs> All right. Gut Buster. <laughs> a struggling stand-up comic undergoes an experimental procedure to rewire his brain so he can tell better jokes. Instead, what you get is a homicidal maniac intent on, on eliminating his competition. There are cheesy one-liners galore in this 80s low-budget bloodbath like, looks like I knocked him dead. And I really killed tonight. (laughs) Boy, again, very plausible. And I feel like I'm imagining, you know, there's like a bunch of movies where people get like 
grotesquely big and then sort of explode. And so it seems real, but I just, I don't know. I think you, I mean, you might've made this one up. Jaws, four for four. Come on, big money, no whammies. All right. Let me close this thing out. Also, I think you should write uh, Gutbuster, the the spec script. (laughs) On it. Chopping Mall. (laughs) It's a 1986 film. A group of young shopping mall employees stay behind for a late night sexy time furniture store party. When the mall goes on lockdown before they can get out, the new robot security system malfunctions due to a lightning storm and goes on a rampage. Are there exploding heads? Yes. Horny teens? Yes. Murderous robots with an ironic catchphrase? Of course. What's the phrase? Late night sexy furniture time party? <laughs> Late night sexy time furniture store party. That's the best. That's the best kind of party. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I really feel like Chopping Mall is an actual thing. I'm, I'm, I'm second guessing myself, but I'm almost positive that that is a movie. So Chopping Mall, you're going for the clean sweep. You are saying that Chopping Mall is a real film. John, right. you did it five for five. You are a B-movie genius. Yes. And to celebrate, <laughs> let's watch the chopping mall. I knew this was real. Oh man, those robots, they look great. Okay. The protectors will make Park Plaza the safest mall in the state. Trust me. Yes. Why do I have the feeling I'm going to regret this in the morning? This party is going to happen, but we need a little teamwork, okay? How can your things there distinguish between the good guys and the bad guys? They know we're in here. They're trying to French fry us. You know, maybe we're all standing a better chance. We split up. Are you kidding? The moment any one of us go out there, we're dead meat. Waiting to pick us up one by one. The master computer is somewhere on the third level. We shut it down. It shuts the robots down. I almost forgot. How much do I owe you for the beer? Forget it, man. We get out of here, you owe me a six-pack. It's all right. I guess I'm just not used to being chased around a mall in the middle of the night by killer robots. <laughs> Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> oh, man. Looks Thank you. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Have a nice day after he kills somebody. <laughs> Somebody's head fully explodes in that trailer, by the way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank yep. you. Have a nice day. <laughs> they were going to French fry us. Um, that looks incredible. I definitely... And there- yeah, there is a sexy locker room scene, evidently, in the <laughs> mall. Yeah, a lady running through in just her underwear, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, apparently this the guy who did this movie is sort of a, a sleazeball. So. Sounds right. Yep. Um, I would have expected more from the director of Chopping Mall, frankly. <laughs> um, that looks identical to the mall from uh, Stranger, Thing, Stranger Things Season 3. I don't know if you watched that show. Of course um, I did. But, uh, right, doesn't that look... Doesn't it look like it? I, I was watching some review that the guy was, there's this YouTube channel. I think it's like called kill count where like he goes through all like horror movies and like documents every, every death in, in horror movies. Uh, and I think he said that in their, the, their B roll footage of the mall, it's like two different malls. Uh, okay. Like, I think one of them is, I think he called like the, like a Galleria or something. I don't know what state I'm assuming it's in California, but 
well, they probably have the money to to build an entire mall on Stranger Things, but it really, I mean, I guess it just speaks to the fact that they captured that sort of 80s mall vibe uh, very effectively. But yeah. uh, Chopping Mall, another one I need to add to my list. This is this is a great, you know, I enjoy my my Friday night backyard hangs, and yeah. uh, I, I I sit by myself. <laughs> in the yard at night and i sometimes watch stuff listen to stuff have a good time i often polo andrew to tell him about it um but but any one of these of these b movies would make an excellent friday night backyard watch so so john which is going to be first i bought a vampire motorcycle chud or chopping mall you know so many great options i be a vm as i call it um (laughs) was not on my radar at all as opposed to Chud and Chopping Mall. So I, I think that, that, that shoots way up the list. I got to check that one out first. Yeah. Made, made of steel forged in hell. <laughs> there, see Andrew, there, there, it's a binary. There are good motorcycles. <laughs> there are bad ones. Bad ones the, run on blood. Ba- baby. Bad ones run on blood. Toot toot. <laughs> Vampire motorcycle coming through motherfucker. And in the, in the trailer, in the trailer, like a guy like falls off the motorcycle, like hits a car, just like launches into the air, which is like Man. not how physics works. No, no. He like he like slid on the motorcycle, then yeah. hits the car and then flies over it, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, I love cyborg uh, underground dwellers. I love robot mall guards that murder people, but I can't resist a vampire, a bad vampire motorcycle what's what's confusing about chopping mall is i mean it's a great it's a great title right you're not doing a lot of chopping though it's an unimpeachable title it's perfect right but there is no it's not a slasher movie they're robots that shoot lasers that blow people up it was probably just like a title that they had the rights to or whatever and they're like planning on it being a a slasher where they're like too many of those is some grab the the mall robot movie and throw it in the chopping mall title and you got yourself a script yeah i think it, it had actually different titles which were less impressive and so <laughs> chopping mall was a gotta go uh, with the best gotta go with the best even if it doesn't make sense for the movie <laughs> well what better what better episode for me to get my first perfect five out of five uh than on our engine of a million plots episode which uh you know is a five out of five it it is a five out of five, baby. This is a good album. We're gonna get into it's gr- it. It's a great album. Are you uh, saying you wanna saying you wanna get into it? I think I'm ready to transition. Okay, let's transition. So when we come back, we're gonna be going track by track. Yes. On the 2013 Five Iron Frenzy record, Engine of a Million Plots, and we're gonna maybe listen to some demos of it over here. Mm, interesting. <laughs> And we're back. Yes. We're talking engine of a million plots. Finally. 2013 record, the comeback. Mm. The, the comeback kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, John, yes. I <laughs> didn't listen to this record when it came out. Did you? This this was on your radar, I'm assuming. It was. Um yeah, so when we started the second season, I believe that I referenced listening to the album when it came out 
and sort of, <clears throat> I'm crying because I'm so upset with myself, uh, dismissing it as being more uh, of the sort of rock with horns uh, vein of style that they'd been going with post the Scott era, if you will, of the first few albums. And it's not that I disliked it when I listened. I was just like, you know, this is not, um, this is not kind of what I wanted out of Five Iron. And uh, what a what a moron I was because what I <laughs> hoped doing this season was that I could reevaluate um, <clears throat> a lot of those albums before this one and including this one. And I really have. It's been super fun, and uh, I'm happy to report now that I love this album deeply. <laughs> um, I think I just, you know, it was interesting talking to Scott because we kind of talked about how you know, obviously with what a lot of the fans want to hear is some of the nostalgia stuff, the old school, very straight ahead, third wave ska. Um, right. But they kind of feel like they've moved on from that in some ways. Um, and I think before we did this deep dive, I probably would have felt similarly, like just play ska. But I think at this point in my life as a fan of the band and where I am with my age and everything, like, yeah, I don't think that that is what I want out of Five Iron. I think if they would have put out um, a straight up new collection of third wave ska, that would not have resonated as well. Um, instead, I really think, even though when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, it's just kind of more of that direction that I wasn't as into. Uh, I can now see what I've talked about several times, which is kind of like, I think it's got kind of that Scott sound. It's got, a development Dude. of the fiber uh, and sound and it marries I them. Fucking, so I fucking love everything that Scott did for these, for these songs. And so we're going to hear some of the demos that are, yeah. I'm sure a lot of the, the big five iron heads have already heard them, but sure. I hadn't heard them until very recently. Same. And, uh, something that I realized I was like, man, this almost feels like I'm getting a fourth yellow second record because mm -hmm. some of the songs are different enough that it fe feels like, Oh man, this, this, this could, be, I, I, I know this is a five iron song, but like the different lyrics and the lack of like the tempo, like some of the way that Scott sings it is, is a little different and the horn arrangements are different in some parts or not existent in some parts. Mm. And, uh, and I'm like, man, this, this is great. And like, it, it made me really excited to listen to the demos and then be like excited to see what they became because, uh, and how faithful I feel like, the the songs ended up being to what the demos were they weren't too different yeah we'll get into it but my main takeaway from them is how surprised i was that they were like pretty fully formed um and most of those by by scott um before before the band got to them um yeah so yeah i i mean regardless of what you think of the direction that five iron took sort of post nineties um, and took with this record, I feel like it undeniably sounds great. Like the production is great. The band is tight. Um, yeah. But I really think the sound is kind of next level on this album. 
it is next level. It's it it doesn't it sounds like a I don't I don't even know what how to, I don't even know how the words to describe it. It it's just <laughs> it's it's clean and it's not overproduced. It's not glossy. Yeah. It's not like one of those things. It's not a it's not it's not altitude. You know, right. like you, yeah. you would probably say the altitude is just a little bit right. put through, put through a couple too many processors or whatever. Um, and this doesn't have any of that. There are no moments where I'm like, oh, that's a little much. Right. Yeah. No, I think it takes sort of. It's, it's restrained in a way. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it restrained in a, in the most positive way. It's not like uh, they're throwing every. I don't know. I just feel like even like the the sort of the minimalist stuff. Like we'll get into it, but they're like some min- the, some of the minimalist stuff. It just it just feels it just comes through. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's sort of like the Scott sound at its best. The stuff that I like about Yellow Second and the stuff he did post Five Iron, and I think it takes a lot of the stuff that Five Iron did when they were sort of experimenting in the post Scott era and really brings them together in the satisfying way, I think. Um, okay, so it was produced by Jeremy S.H. Griffith, who we may have on the show soon, and by Scott. Um, and so that's kind of new new territory for them. Um, but, you know, one of the things we talked about when we were talking Yellow Second was kind of that Scott texture. He loves um, yeah. production texture and just instrumentation, um, surprising surprising things with instruments and melodies that you might not expect um, cool little right. parts. And that's all over this, that that Scott texture is certainly here and it always is like a, a pleasant surprise when it kind of takes those, those turns. Yeah. Um, I agree. Do you want to so, get into, get, get into some of those deets? Get into some of those deets. So this was released November 26th, getting back to that uh, classic November release schedule for yeah, Fiverr. Yep, 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 2013, uh, independently on uh, Department of Biophysics label. Um, so in November 2011 is when they officially announced the reunion. They launched the Kickstarter. They yep. released that new song. And they did that all at the same time. And, you know, it'll be... I think we will uh, potentially dive into this with some uh, future guests. Wink, wink. Um, but interesting to hear about how... So they crowdfunded for this album through Kickstarter. Um, and when they started it, they had a projected goal of $30,000. And it would become, at the time, the most successful Kickstarter music campaign of all time. They got to $207,980, which is pretty bananas. Um, so I wonder what they expected when they when they started planning that, whether it was even in their mind that something like that was possible. You know, releasing it independently on their own, it's the first time they'd done that, and they managed to A, make a great album, B, make an album that charted pretty well, actually. It reached number 118 on the Billboard 200 and uh, number eight on the top contemporary Christian charts. Um, it was also pretty well-reviewed. I mean, pretty universally well-reviewed. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it, yeah, I just, I wonder if they even expected that level of success when they started planning the reunion in the Kickstarter. I mean, I think it would be hard to predict that that's, yeah. I, I mean, I think for a band that, yes, they were well loved, but for a band that had 
sort of called it quits right uh eight years prior <laughs> to to like a scene that had a ska scene that had kind of already faded away right the sort of coming back situation like no one expected it at all and i think it would have been they you would have been hard pressed to assume that 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 sort of would have happened that it would have been that successful but um they deserve it and and i'm glad that they it was as successful as it was because man and it this album it's it's i don't know i think when once we start ranking our albums it's going to be very high up there for me yeah i mean this gets into a little bit the whole objective versus subjective favorite versus best but yeah uh yeah i'll just put it out there right now that i think just objectively it's probably their best album um i don't think it's going to be my number one when we rank them you know for sentimental reasons and all that but you know i i would say if okay so you didn't when did you when did you first hear not hear of but hear this album was it in preparing for this no um i think i actually started listening to this um maybe when we started doing the mxpx podcast MXPX. yeah sure that makes and sense because we we're gonna say that, that and stuff because we yeah because we you know mxpx was playing with five iron a lot more and so i i think at that point i was like yeah i'll, I'll let me check this out i haven't really listened to it and yeah so when it was a dark and stormy night came yeah. out that was the first anybody had heard from them in whatever eight years and would be the only thing we heard for a couple of years until the record came out and i think you know the only sort of detractors i think you know i mentioned that it was very well reviewed but i think from that song on it was like those who were upset were upset about the lack of ska they were upset that it was a little darker <laughs> than they expected for five iron but like i said even though that may have kind of been how I felt when I originally listened through, like I now realize a five iron that's not just straight up ska positive vibes is not what I wanted out of them right now. <laughs> like right. I love that they're a little darker and a little more weathered and more mature in their musicality. And those ska elements are in there for sure, but I think they're doing something overall more interesting. Um, you know, there's a lot of, thematically all this sort of like dark and cold versus light and fire. Um, There's this sort of winter fire theme throughout kind of rebuilding from the ashes kind of thing. And I really, I love that vibe. I think it's a really cool space for them. It feels distinct from the earlier five iron stuff. It feels somewhat similar thematically to like brave Saints Saturn stuff, but I think in again, a more mature way. Um, So, yeah. And also, um, I'm going to be very curious how the the new Five Iron yes. record is going to compare to this because honestly, I honestly I think that <laughs> uh, just kind of going off what Reese was writing uh, that the lyrics that he uh, while supplies last lyrics that he shared with us, mm-hmm. I feel like there are some 
similar songs on this record, you know, because Reese talks about finger pointing songs and sort of, and those exist on this record. This is not, this is not a, this isn't so much a, you know, wrestling with the interpersonal stuff. This is like, he, this is, I mean, that, that it exists, that exists on this record, but this is also, this record has indictments, you know? Right, right. And sure. uh, I like that. I, I like that. I like calling calling it as he sees it when it comes to yeah, um, the powerful and the immoral and the unethical and the, and the racist. Yeah. He, you know, he, he talked with us about sort of wrestling with those lyrics that he shared with us from the new record about it missing the, the, pointing the finger at oneself element that is a part of five iron that we really appreciate, but our, you know, our counter was kind of like, well, sometimes you just need to point the finger out. And there are definitely plenty of songs that like just point the finger out on this album and I'm here for it. I, uh, yeah. I think they felt liberated uh, now completely untethered from a label or from the quote unquote Christian music scene. And they're older and more mature and doing this just because they wanted to be doing it. And um, I think that's evident in the, in the themes and in the sound. Um, yeah. I also want uh, to, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was, uh, go ahead. I was just going to shout out before we get into it. Uh, you know, we've, uh, we've raised uh, Doug to Naple and our, and our differences with him at various points in the pod, but I've always enjoyed his art. And I think the artwork here is really cool. Um, the cover art he does for it is very different from the sort of typical stuff he, he does and has done for them, but it's like this post apocalyptic scene. Uh, but there's this small group gathered around this fire. And I think that kind of embodies the whole theme of the record in a really cool way. I yeah. remember even seeing that artwork when it first came out, I was like, Ooh, this feels, this feels different and interesting. Yeah, it's it's sort of that light and the darkness and the darkness shall not overcome it sort of situation right, going on. Right. Yeah. And also some badass skulls there on the front. <laughs> yeah, man. You gotta have some of those. Not, never gonna be upset about some skulls. No, it could use a, a vampire motorcycle or two, but that's I'll take some skulls. <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe those maybe those uh with the skulls of some chuds in the in the foreground. I don't know. I assume it's just, it's, it's implied. Yeah. John, do you, uh, do you want to start a band called Chud Skulls? Oh, a hundred percent. I do. <laughs> That'll be like our darker synth wave stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. Hashtag Chud Skulls. If you want us to uh, realize that project. Yes. Uh, All right. Um, should we, should we get into it? Anything else? Or? No, no, that's enough context. Okay, cool. Um, Against a Sea of Troubles. Yes. Oh, man. The texture. Yeah, man. Ugh. I already have chills. (laughs) I fucking love it.
It's my number three. It's my number one. Oh shit! Oh wow! <laughs> it's uh, damn. Not necessarily what I would have expected um, before we went through this to prepare, but the more I thought about it, the more I just couldn't deny it. I just, I love everything about it so much. Yeah. Even though there are other songs I love very deeply. Um, it just, I don't know. I feel like it, it encapsulates what's to come so well. It sets off this new sort of vibe for them. Um, it sounds so great. I love the intro. Like I said, intro is perfect. It's perfect. It matches uh, with the Blizzards and Bygones outro really well. Uh, I think it's musically and lyrically of a piece with that song, but that squealy guitar sound yeah. <laughs> is really what sells me from like second one of when the proper song starts. It's like nee, 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 nee. I'm just like okay, yeah. I am on board. And um, the little noodly guitars that come in on the second yeah, verse. It rules. It's, it's so great. The bass part. Uh, yeah. The drums too. The drums, drums, when the drums kick in. The drums throughout this album. I really, Andy is on one. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, I, feel, I feel like there's something that, um, that Jeremy, hmm. I don't know if Jeremy, like, I don't know. I, I'm just curious what, what Jeremy did with the band versus uh, yeah. Saki, you know, the sort of, right. I think we're just going to have to get into that. Yeah. In the we, will, we will discuss with Jeremy. Um, but yeah, I just, the, the whole thing. And then the straight into the, whoa, the bridge. So great. Uh, then there's a stripped down chorus kind of with just a couple instruments and then it builds back up into the whole big chorus. And then there's that piano outro again. I just, it takes me on such a journey. Um, and you know, Scott had discussed this as what they assumed would be the closer or he thought it would be the closer when they were working on it, which, which I could see it kind of like fits that closing worship song format of five irons a little more typically, but I really like it as a kickoff. And that's another thing I'll be interested to hear from folks about is like how they ultimately decided that. I think in terms of energy, like it matches those opening track kind of classic five iron songs, setting the tone for the album. And it just puts me in a mode of, of feeling so hyped up. Um, you know, if it were a closer, it does sort of have that depressed Reese in need of hope through God vibe uh, of yeah. some five iron and a lot of, Brave St. Saturn songs, but I don't know. This one feels a little more nuanced. There's like the faintest glimmer of hope. Um, I like that idea that it sets for the tone of the album. It's like hopeful and darker, but more mature sound maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Some lines that jump out to me. I mean, the, my only thought with my last breath. Uh, I love that. I love that line. I, because I feel that it's, you can you can apply that sort of that passion and that uh that to just about anything but to think about that somebody is thinking like with my last breath this is going to be the thing that i proclaim yeah i fucking love that imagery <laughs> totally yeah i think what i maybe what I mean when I say it feels a little more mature in that sort of worship vibe is it's sort of like, okay, so it's very played out now, but hallelujah, you know, the Leonard Cohen song is one of my favorite songs of all time. Jeff Buckley does a very close second version of it for me, but 
what I've always loved about that is the idea of the, you know, the cold and the broken hallelujah, like this, yeah, this triumph, but, but like absolutely in a crushing situation where this triumph is coming out in as like a, a wheeze or a whisper amid the weight of it yeah, all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, to, to also quote, uh, Leonard Cohen, um, there's a crack in everything. That's how yeah. the light gets through. Yeah. I think that, that, that concept is all over this record. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, we talked about, um, faith with Scott and the mystery and being okay with yeah. the mystery. And that feels in keeping with that to me. I've always loved, I mean, I love everything about Leonard Cohen's takes on faith, but the idea of like the brokenness, the tiny cracks of light, those are the things that make my faith and my faith yeah. experience strong because they're not these huge triumphant things or these, yeah, these little glimpses. Dude, it's of, the real like, shit. It's the real shit, which yeah. gets to, my second line, my only hope is that you cannot not be real. Yeah. I, it's this, I just feel like that is the real shit right there. That is not somebody who is proclaiming an unwavering, like commitment and like an, an assurance. It's like, I don't know. I've just, I've just, at this point, I'm going to just like, you you just kind of have to be like <laughs> right, that, right. that sort of like that desperation yeah, <laughs> or so yeah. to speak it's, or yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like those lines jump out to me as, as just being uh, it. They're two sides of the same coin. Like I'm going like one side is like the proclaiming, as you, as you are struggling or dying or as we were just saying the crack and everything. And, mm-hmm. and, and then the other one is just like, fuck, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> right. You right. Know? Yeah. No, I, I think Reese's poeticism is really kind of at an all time here. Um, yeah. This is an all timer, man. Yeah. Uh, throughout the album, I think, especially on uh, battle dancing in accordance with glitter. Um, uh, no, I mean throughout, but I think especially, especially here. So yeah. Yeah. Number one, I'll, I'll say this, I'll say this. Uh, and there were, there are, this is a, one of those records and we've covered a variety of records on this podcast where I have a very hard time. I had a hard time choosing a top three Yeah, because there are, a lot of songs that I think could easily make my top three. Yeah. And then uh, some songs that I'm like, Oh, I would, I'd love to see this song live versus yeah. a song that just listening to it on a record where I'm just like, Oh, this is the lyrics speak to me on this song or, or the way it's produced. I'm like this, or I don't know. I mean, there's some songs I, I would be very interested in seeing live that maybe aren't in my top three, you know? Yeah. Yep. So Same. it's, it's, it's difficult. So, John, before we move on to the next song, uh, I, I think we should listen to the demo version of Against the Sea of Troubles with different lyrics and what sounds like to me some sort of synth horns or something. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, let's check it out. Close. 
Great, great. Um, I so in this little piece that Scott wrote uh, on the page with these demos, he said, as for the lyrics, most of them were not intended to be the actual words. They were placeholders for Reese to write, um, and were usually stream of consciousness ranging anywhere from a decent start to complete nonsense. Um, and he said a couple of notable exceptions, blizzards and bygones was, and is a song that means a lot to me. And I asked right. that if we do a five iron version of it, that we keep the words as is respect uh, blizzards. Yes. Um, and he says, uh, against the sea of troubles was another one with lyrics that were meaningful to me, but I was also okay with those being rewritten. Reese also chose to keep certain phrases from other songs intact, but that was his call. So the, my only thought yeah, was right. one of those lyrics that, uh, part of the lyric that he kept. And I think Reese took it and made it something even more powerful. For sure. <clears throat> I think that, you know, it, it's interesting hearing, all these demos and getting a window into their process um, because it's interesting to see which phrasing, you know, it works so well on the demo. <laughs> Reese probably thought I'm going to keep that, that part as is <laughs> there's the power of like my only thought, you don't want to mess with that too much. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It also makes sense that if he's saying a lot of that stuff kind of originated with Scott's uh, original version, it makes sense that it would be of a piece um, with blizzards, but Yep. Yeah, fascinating. It'll be we'll uh, we'll hear some more of these throughout. Ready to move on? Let's do it. <laughs> so far. The drums on this song are awesome, so, but also yeah. the 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 riffage, the yeah. uh, that palm muting and everything. It's just it's it's so great. Yeah, this is a major top three contender for me. Yeah, um, it's it was it it was definitely top three. It, 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 I would say it's definitely in the top five, and I yeah. but it it probably could have slid into yeah. Maybe could I don't know I don't I feel pretty I feel pretty strong about my top three but I just feel it was still difficult because I think an argument could be made for a lot of the songs. Yeah, for sure. Um, this one did become a live staple, um, so certainly one that's usually in the mix for for set lists these days. Um, I love that that horn line intro. I mean, it just like hits so hard. 
uh like you said i love that kind of like chugga chugga guitar yeah of the verses um i think it's a great number two in terms of sequencing like i'm i'm eager to talk about uh sequencing uh with some future guests of ours and uh mm-hmm. you know because the you know if you're going with kind of the classic mixtape rule of like you got to open big with your number one but then two you got to go even higher before you kind of come down a bit for number three but it just like i think it pushes it up to the next level in a great way um I well, love they don't the really they don't really slow down no it's true yeah i mean zen <laughs> is not like a but it but it but it comes down a bit from how hard these first couple sort of push yeah, they're um, bangers they're bangers i love the dynamics on the song and throughout the album i think it really kind of goes on journeys they do this thing of getting stripped down for the verse and then built up for the chorus on this one um um i also want to say so there's some cool flutes or woodwinds or (laughs) key versions of those instruments at the beginning and end of the song speaking to that kind of scott texture that i think opens it and closes it in a really cool way um and you know we talked about the placeholder lyrics that scott had um and for so far, Reese said that Scott had um, lyrics about a, a love song to his wife, which Reese, quote, completely annihilated with stupid, stupid references to comic book characters. Um, <laughs> so well done, Reese. Um, but yeah, it, that, that's one of the ones kind of an interesting uh, transformation, but clearly covering the ground of like what you can do with God, but this, you know, the narrator sort of saying, but really I'm not doing much. It seems to be, it seems to be God who's doing most of this stuff. So this one, I think it's the last one that they put out from this batch. They put out four videos, um, but it was directed uh, by Ryan Graham. So he did another one of the videos, uses footage of them performing it live at a show, pretty straightforward, but they have, uh, they have GoPros on their instruments. There's like a trombone cam. That's pretty fun. Uh, So it's a, it's a good time. Ready to move on to a little zen? You feeling zen, bro? I'm feeling it. Ooh, that bass. Hell yeah. It's not. It's not in my top three. What? <laughs> what Controversy. <laughs> what this is, it for you? is my number one, bro. Wow, okay. Okay. I mean, it's certainly this. This song out the gate is. <laughs> these are is, these are classic Andrew and John lyrics. <laughs> cling to your God and guns. <laughs> yeah, First <these> are... lyric. <laughs> 
these are real these are real burn it all down lyrics that we're yeah. here for yeah. um and certainly in keeping uh with a lot of the songs that that typically make our top three for these records um so i should not be surprised i just like you said it's tough to, it's tough to make the cut it's uh it's in the running i love it i mean yeah like you said i mean <laughs> kicking it off with cling to your god and guns is quite a move um yeah it's you know an allusion to that obama quote where he was on a hot mic uh, about kind of like working class white people clinging to gut to guns and religion um but you know i think the thing that i'm and then I'll let you talk because it's your number one. The thing that I'm struck by is like, again, how, how prescient <laughs> this is, how prescient Reese is in his lyrics. And like, he was writing this in 2012. It's so much worse now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, there, there's, there's some uh, classic uh, lines in this uh, lock and load, just like Jesus did. Yeah. If you play I mean, the, the song, Al Qaeda wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, but the, the chorus, the United States of amnesia make us dumb Make us numb, make it dumb, anesthesia. Cut the cord, close the door, we don't know you. So, I mean, this this song is so much about nationalism, fear of the other, American exceptionalism, nationalism, uh, jingoism, just like, yeah. uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's a burn it all down song. And 100%. I... I and it's just calling out a particular kind of Christianity, which needs to be called out because it's uh, it's dangerous and I would say heretical. Um, But but everything, every line is just like, uh, give me liberty or something. (laughs) It's just (laughs) I know basically just being like you don't have any conviction. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know right. what you're, you don't know what you stand for. Right. Uh, you know, Jesus was American. Yeah. It's just, it's just all the best, all the best. Especially in the context of uh, this week that we're recording. And I just watched a video today of, you know, super cut of people refusing to wear masks because it defies right. uh, God's breathing system for people. And just like, Man, what a nation of dummies we are <laughs> and using Jesus to prop up our stupid selfish behavior. Um Well, I uh next time next time they uh they go to the dentist or they get a they have to have a, a surgery or something, I hope their uh their doctors don't wear any masks or gloves because I mean gloves are keeping God's uh, perfect fingies <laughs> covered like can't feel uh, anything but, like you can't yeah just it's that's if god if god had intended for your fingies to be covered you know he would he would have given you gloves that's from the message translation of genesis i think <laughs> yeah. um i think you know uh, the rules of uh of protection may be different depending on where you are but this is a magpod plea to the nation to wear a mask if you go outside to stay six feet away from people please just do this for us for us also also for once people like this isn't i'm not saying this to necessarily to magpod nation or like a condemnation of our listeners but just in general in general this is not about us like this is not about you this is about 
all of us. It's about a right, collective. Right. We live in a culture of fucking selfish people. Yeah. And that's how we we operate. And it's all about the individual. And for God's sake, please think about somebody else. That's yeah. that's what the greater th- I mean, this is I saw someone post that this, you know, the anti-mask people, it's just a it's just it's the same it's the same thing as anti-vaxxers, just with a right. visual aid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and along those lines, I want to read something that Reese wrote about his writing of the song. <laughs> he said, this is what you can do when you don't have a record label. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, this is what it was like living in the gun crazy center of Shenandoah Valley, Virginia. Or this is what living in the gun crazy center of the Shenandoah Valley does to you in an election year. Our political machine is driven by fear and greed and the promise of those two things, neither of them being an attribute espoused by anyone in the New Testament, especially Jesus. Um, so I thought that I was pretty I think, powerful. I think uh, Jesus wrote the second, second Amendment, right? I think you're right. At least according to the video, which I do want to yeah. mention. <laughs> yeah, it, it has that the now famous uh image of reese with wolverine claws as abraham lincoln (laughs) this is probably the most fun of the videos they released for this album i remember so this was the first video they released they released it two weeks ahead of the record i remember seeing it when it came out this is another one by ryan grams uh directing it but um yeah i watched it when it came out but i was literally laughing out loud watching it again the other night um (laughs) it's like the band is having a performance, but as the band for like a school play about history. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, as you said, Reese is, is Lincoln with Wolverine claws, murdering people. <laughs> and, and Scott is Jesus blowing people away throughout history um, <laughs> with a machine gun. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty great. I, uh, I can't wait to talk to them about. <laughs> yeah. It looked pretty fun. About those, about those two things. I mean, they, it seems like they just really, Part of me wonders if they used some of this Kickstarter money to make these kind yeah, of, probably. you know, <laughs> especially the battle dancing unicorns seem to be like, <laughs> yes, a little slicker, a little slicker. Yeah. Um, this is one that I would be curious to hear uh, the demo and the yellow second B side for. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's check out that, that Zen. Sledgier. I love those little ooze in the background on the chorus. They really, so they really, they really sell it for me. I mean, again, musically pretty close to what, uh, yeah. 
the final outcome would be. Um, <laughs> uh, lyrically, vocally doesn't quite back the same punch, um, but uh, he did not. He did not intend it to we should, necessarily. Let's let's listen to the uh, the actual yeah. Zen bridge, which I know you love. Bridges. I love those bridges. All right, so that was originally a yellow second bridge yeah. from the song Altitude. So let's let's see how how much that changed. Uh, definitely sped up and yes. <laughs> and improved and improved upon. I'm glad it, I'm glad they that he snagged it because I think it's a great bridge. Yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about Yellow Second Bridges. <laughs> um, yeah, Scott told you us like that. them more than the rest of the songs, and that's sometimes. the only part that. <laughs> Damn, um, dude, dub, doubling down. <laughs> um, not all the time. Uh, still small, great record, but um, so <laughs> <laughs> he told us that, yes, so this song is called Altitude. It is a B-side of the Yellow Second album, Altitude, which obviously does not appear on the proper album, but he said that he like straight up took uh, some of the stuff from that and turned it into Zen, which I think is the part that you're talking about. And yeah, he also said, it's not that hard to change a Yellow Second song to a five-iron song. You kind of like double time it in terms of speed, add some horns, <laughs> you know, maybe bump it up a little musically, but um yeah that's fascinating to hear i i'm i'm happy with where with where they ended up yep. we are three songs in at this point we've been talking for like over an hour i know <laughs> i know man well let's uh settle in everybody settle in i mean this is it's only a 12 it's only a 12 song yeah i mean those i mean these these songs i have these first few songs i i definitely have a lot to say had a lot yeah, to yeah, say yeah. about so all right sure. Oh, we own the skies. Somehow we 
and this is where a lot of the uh, that that dualistic, you know, fire and ice, cold and hot, you yeah. know, winter sort of uh, imagery comes yeah. in on this song quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's more that sort of having hope in darkest times, you know, in the midst of the difficulties of life. Um, I will say there are no songs on this album that I dislike, um, but this is probably the weakest on the album for me. Um, I enjoy uh, it. I just, it's not quite at the level of the others for me. I don't, I mean, I think I have another one that, okay. uh, that I would maybe put in that, in that category, but okay. um, I, I still, I, I love how this song ends with just the vocals and then it slides right into yeah 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 it's a great just it's a great transition the sequencing on this album is truly uh very well thought out yeah Yeah. it is a chef's kiss um i don't have much to say about we on the skies actually no me neither all right let's uh well let's here why don't we just do what i was saying uh let's move in from we on the skies to someone else's problem song so good Um, so good i (laughs) love i love the uh the low i don't i honestly i'm not very good with identifying certain horns but there is a lower horn going Mm. on yeah i i don't know if it's dennis i honestly don't i don't know if it's dennis or if it's the sax so oh yeah that, yeah no I, I think it's the sax i think there okay. is a baritone sax on the song okay I, so then that might that must be it but i love that sort of low yeah it sounds <laughs> totally. awesome yeah it's um i i just i love everything about the sound of the song and i know that pretty much the reverb member, love that reverb baby yeah um I know that the pretty much every band member we've had on have said this is one of their favorites, if not their favorite song from the record. It seems to be one that the band really loves. Um, yeah, I would love. This is one of the songs that I was talking alive. about that didn't make my top three, yeah. but this is 
among the songs I would love to see live. A hundred percent. Like maybe I want to see, maybe I'd like to hear this one more than any other song on the album live. <laughs> like it just seems yeah. like such a fun one uh, to see in person. I don't think it's been one that they've really had in their, their set list. Um, Gotta have those. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. Uh, so great. Pumping your fist to that. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, it's, and uh, this is another, not only just pump the, Pumping your fist, but pointing them fingers, bro. Point them Point fingies. Them fingies. <laughs> God's fingies, no gloves. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's the only sort of pure ska song on the album. Um, but I like that what they decided to do with the ska song is not sort of that third wave sound, but sort of that dub yeah. two tone yeah, style. Oh, I know, bro. I am, I am here. I am here for any of that. I yeah. am. I'm. I'm feeling the dub two tone uh, elements on here, and that's the like I was saying. Some of that that reverby. Yeah. Some some sort of uh, some textury thing that I'm sure was all. Yeah, I mean the guitar, the like, blount, is run yeah. through something that makes it sound awesome. The yeah. organ in the chorus yeah. and the keys and the verses. That's what I makes mean, that's what makes it sound so two tony. The, totally, the, yeah. The organ that, and the yeah, the horns sound great. Uh, like you said, yeah, um, yeah. I just, I mean, it's got a great groove. I really, I am very into the song. Um, this we is talk the lyrics when, for a bit, or yeah, let's talk about them. This is another, uh, this is another bit of a burn it all down song. I think this is almost like a sister song to where zero meets 15 where Reese is where zero meets 15 is like, Oh man, what do I do? How can I help? And then I think as Reese has gotten older, he's, (laughs) he has identified some of the major issues. Right. And he's like, you guys are, you know, you're literally turning your eyes and, this is you're making it that you just you just ignore it and as long as you ignore it it's not a it's not it's not a problem. But the, I love the the line while other people's lives are cheap. Yeah. Uh, and and I think this is also gets to the heart of so much of what's going on right now in our country is sort of the a hierarchy of lives and which is why we still need to say black lives matter because um other people are disposable or other people deserve it other people were asking for it um Mm -hmm. that that sort of that sort of stuff and but i think also the 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 third verse and here lies the problem well let me guess the second verse and here lies the problem it's not that you rob them just look the other way and i think that kind of gets to the heart too of why bringing it back to racism yeah why so many people are like i but i'm not a racist person i don't say these things i don't dis i don't dislike anybody as if and so that's the thing it's like no, you no, you're not actually you're not actually throwing a person out on the street to live in the gutter, but right. How do you participate and profit from a system that props up others while you know right down others? So that's 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 the complicit part that right. that I think he's getting to. Yeah, that's very much uh, in keeping with what we talked about 
last week on the pod and our kind of discussion about the events of the last month or so, just that like there's this attitude or this idea that being racist means taking an action when actually the action that you take is to break free of the racist society that we're born into. <laughs> like the, the, by nature of just being complicit with the system, you are harming people. What, what, what you have to do to sort of make a choice to unplug from that is the action of deciding you're not going to just go along with it. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's really interesting. I, you know, he, the, there's the other line, your life stems from abuses of other people's lives. You'll never have to see. Um, it kind of reminds me Oof. of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Of the movie us. Did you see that movie? Uh, I haven't. It was a Jordan Peele's follow-up yeah, to Get Out. Yeah, um, I haven't even seen Get Out, bro. Oh, you have to see Get Out. Dude. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I have a laundry list of movies that I need to see. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> um, Get Out is truly like one of my favorite movies of the last twenty years, probably. Um, Damn. But us, us is really interesting. It definitely plays with this whole theme of sort of like how, without even buying into the notion, our success is complicit in the destruction of other people's lives. Like it's the sort of like um, yin and yang balance. Anyway, um, I do want to read something that he wrote about the song as well. Uh, Reese said, statistically, we could end hunger, completely eradicate its existence three times over by just taking the ties of the American church and spending it on food for the hungry in one year. Imagine how much easier it would be to explain the love of Christ to other people if they had actually seen us doing something with it. Um, it's pretty, uh, Pretty mic drappy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another one also that Reese changed the melody for from Scott's original demo quite a bit. Um, Scott said he greatly improved it. <laughs> um, so I would, I would like to hear some of that. Keys don't pack the same punch. different. I feel like his delivery on this song is in a very yellow second sort of delivery. Yeah, for sure. It feels like this yellow second power poppy vibe on top of these very like two-tone uh, yeah. bones, which is interesting because yeah. I think Reese deciding to take it to the like, da, 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 is like that just doubles down on the kind of dub yeah. vibe of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Re- really interesting to compare. Yeah. Um, I am Jack's smirking revenge. There you are. Anyway. 
I I really love that this is like one of those songs where they're just like get to the get to the chorus, get to that get to yeah. that payoff. Yeah. Uh because I feel like the chorus is a pretty pretty good payoff. Um Yeah. The, especially towards the end of the song. Right. I was it, gonna when say it, when, when it cycles back, it, it really is a bigger payoff. I don't I'm not I like it, but it's not until the build up into that final chorus with the horns yeah. that it becomes like kind of next level. Yeah. Um Yeah, they 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 it that's the that's you're right. It is that is the next level portion. Um we should say that this is a uh Fight Club, Club reference. Fight Club all over the place in this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, you were not the contents of your wallet. You were not right. the space you write. Uh, when you're you're 85 with those scars to show. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's these are all like references to Tyler Durden, stuff that he says. Um, Popular quotes that you or I may have used in our aim away messages in college. 100%. <laughs> But yeah, the I am Jack smirking revenge is uh, comes from the scene where uh where Edward Norton's character beats the shit out of himself in his boss's office. Right. Yeah. It is an iconic scene, a great <laughs> scene. And he just the guy just stands there completely dumbfounded as to what's going on. Um, yeah. um but yeah, he's kind of using all these fight club allusions to sort of talk about consumerist society and how it mixes yeah. up with the church. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I do like this one. I, it's not um, in my, my top half to be sure. Um, but I like that guitar effect that comes in verse two where it's like, like that build up into the final chorus as we talked about, I think there's a really cool guitar sound in the ending. So I do think it does some sonically pretty interesting things eventually. Yeah. Let's, let's get, let's get a little closer to the end here. Sounds cool. Sounds great. Yeah. That rolls. Awesome. Yeah, those few seconds are like, oh, this is a great song. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, so satisfying. (laughs) It's very satisfying. I feel like, and that's, I mean, I don't think every song needs to pay off in the first 30 seconds of of the track. I feel like when you look at the song as a whole, you know, it, if, if, if a song pays off every 30 seconds, then there, it's not really a payoff. It's just, but like waiting for it and it just becomes so satisfying when you know, you know, that part's coming towards the end. You're just like, okay. Yeah. Take me, take me with you. (laughs) (laughs) My body's ready. Send send my body flying into your glass case in your office. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, um, I'll crawl on my hands and knees across the uh, the your broken coffee table. Oh man! All right, start a fire.
speculation? Uh, it's about uh, Scott and Reese. Uh, okay, interesting. I think, I think that is. I think that is fact. That is the uh, fact. Yeah, um, but it's interesting because some of that stuff in there, the like my old friend, we used to have so much more in common. That's from Scott's original lyrics. Um, so this is one that I'm eager to to talk about because I I wonder if Reese heard that part and then decided to make it about their relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but Reese said it was you know the, he talks about we used to sharpen iron on each other or whatever the line is sharpen um, our blades on each other our blades on each other yeah which is like the iron sharpens iron um, yeah Bible verse um, and I think Heard he of it. Yeah, right he talks about so he said about the song that he he was looking back on their relationship and and saying that he was sort of pushing Jesus on him when he just needed to be his friend he just needed me to be his friend. Um, so I think it's sort of an assessment on on the relationship. I don't know. I think it's pretty fascinating. And certainly in keeping with the, I think the to start a fire theme was there from Scott's original vision for the song. So it's interesting to take it and apply it to sort of their relationship. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you, do you have thoughts about it? I love it. Uh, I love that element of it, that it's about two friends. Um, coming through something difficult yeah, and admitting, admitting the challenges. I, I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's, there's something beautiful about writing a song together after coming through yeah. a hardship and um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I like it a lot. I do too. Uh, I think musically also, I really love that opening uh, with the horns right away. I love the guitar part. There's that really cool kind of soaring guitar sound that comes in pre-chorus. The like, um, just really into that and how that builds right before the chorus. Um, yeah. yeah, I like the song a lot. Yeah. Um, now for a live staple. True. Battle Dancing Unicorns with Glitter. Shut your face, high school jerks. We're about to show you how this works. Are we cool? Laser beams. We're about to awesome all your dreams. And you'll say, what are you, some kind of computer? And we'll say, a cyborg bit from the future. And I'm going deaf for cheesy. hip hopping and we can't <laughs> quite stop 
know, I do remember Scott saying in our interview with him that he really liked where we took the songs lyrically, except for maybe Battle Dancing Unicorns, he said, <laughs> which, uh, you know, yeah, um, it does have the line for Sheezy in it. So. <laughs> it does have the, it does have the line for Sheezy and a cyborg pimp from the future. And we're about to awesome all your dreams. He, yeah. he made, he made, he made the, he made the word awesome a verb. <laughs> I, this is not my favorite song, but I think keeping the five iron silly song tradition alive is fun. Um, and even if it's like silly lyrics, I think it's like betraying this sort of fight for relevancy that's clearly on Reese's mind. And I don't think that's such a silly idea, but I do like the kind of just, he's got at least one in there. That's uh that's, that's pretty wacky. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I don't, and I don't care about a silly song. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Uh, and but I also like the the we are professors at robot spy college. Very Reese. Great. Love it. Um the yes, this needless to say, this is the biggest change from, from Scott's original lyrics uh, for the song. <laughs> there are no robots or unicorns to be found there. Um or pimps we, either. Or pimps even. Um we should say, yeah, you mentioned the video. Uh, that one came out in August of 2014, directed by DJ Bronner. It's pretty fun. It's like so the band's playing a show, but it kind of follows this narrative of this guy who <laughs> he bumps into another guy at the show. And then there's like a dream sequence of them battle dancing <laughs> and the guy has a unicorn head on. Um, they're like, before... they're like, but they're break dancing, battle dancing each other. And then <laughs> and they're like these judges. Yeah, you know. robot judges. <laughs> And um, uh, it's all it's all for the love of some girl whose eye right. he caught. Yes, yes. He then but throws there's, there's glitter at the at yes. the unicorn, and that, yeah, that and makes him explode. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. So there's one observation that I'm going to need to get an answer from. Okay. From Scott and Reese when we talk to them, uh-huh. and it is. So this guy who's just like your typical dude, bro. Um, and I saw in the uh, I saw in the YouTube comments for the video that uh, that someone compared him to uh, the lead singer from Ninja Sex Party, okay. and Dan, his name is Danny Sexbang, okay. and Ninja Sex Party. And someone said that there needs to be a Five Iron Frenzy Ninja Sex Party uh, collab. But anyway, Seems so this likely. Uh, so this this guy is like just some guy and these like three girls are just standing there like laughing at him and making fun of him <laughs> and that is counter to the <laughs> culture <laughs> that five iron has created at their shows there would not be three like sort of like preppy looking girls that like look like they should be going to a club like and not like a five iron show just like making fun of some dude who just literally walked in the room. Hey, you I know, don't know. That's... Maybe, uh, you know, tweet at us with your experiences of, of being made fun of by preppy girls at a five ranch show. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think they're just kind of standing in for a, you know, a band. This could happen at a concert, right? I mean, I don't know. It wouldn't be as interesting. What are you going to battle dance over? Uh, if, if everybody's being nice to each other, you know, <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. Well, they just had a they just had a music video with Jesus with a gun and and <laughs> Abraham Lincoln with Wolverine claws. So <laughs> that's that's not the that's not the 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 tone they've cultivated at their shows, <laughs> coming in and blowing people away with machine guns and Wolverine claws. Um, well, I don't know. Is this the one? I'm curious about which one you said it's probably your weakest song. This Have isn't we not that one. There? Oh, no. Fascinated because the rest for me are bangers. Let's hear them. It's your veins. Another live show staple and a solid ass banger. It's my number three. Oh shit! Okay, okay. I am. <laughs> I am fascinated. I am fascinated. <laughs> it's again. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily would have um, expected it. I knew I loved the song. I don't know that I. I thought this would be in the top three. Just thinking about it before we did a deep dive, but I just. I can't. I cannot deny the song. It's a uh, no. It's 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 a banger. It's uh, so this was the first single. Um, not it was a dark and stormy night, which was just the first song released, but this was released in October, about the head of the album. It's just so driving. Um, I love that transition into the chorus. Uh, I love the opening horn line so much. Um, I think the drums are so great on the song. Great fills, great cymbals all over it. Um, there's kind of a Brave St. Saturn vibe in the bridge with the like robot voice in the background. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's the, a lot to love about it. Yeah. The, the bind up the brokenhearted, uh, which also I just, I love that. I love that as kind of a rallying cry. Um, it's this, you know, this thing that comes from Isaiah originally talking about the Messiah and then in, uh, Luke uh, talking about Jesus being that person who did come to bind up the brokenhearted. And I just love that. So I don't know, this one thematically for me is like a little tricky to pick apart. As far as I can tell, it's sort of like another music industry song, like the idea of selling something, you know, drugs is sort of a metaphor for the, the industry of selling music. Um, yeah. But then breaking into that part of like, it's kind of like their mission to bind up the brokenhearted. Like that's what they're here for is to do this work of bringing healing, bringing hope to people who may not have it in other places and looking for yeah. kind of those without 
uh, a home or who feel welcome in other places. I don't know. I just love that as kind of a, a mission or a rallying cry. Yep. Um, the, the part, the, before I get away clean into this is your stereo. Yeah. That the part always gets me super psyched rules rules. Just a little dentist going clean. <laughs> so great. Um, that yeah, is a perfect that... Dennis impression. Spot on. Well, it's clean. More like... <laughs> it's more like... Before we get away clean. I guess it's more like that. Boom. Clean. 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 Where are you? <laughs> yeah, this uh, is <laughs> Yeah. This is <laughs> This is your stereo. <laughs> he doesn't sound like that. I don't know why. I did that. <laughs> um no, I don't know. Your I, uh... speakers are blown <laughs> to bind up the broken heart. <laughs> Boy broke yawn hard yawn every time i attempt it you do it and you show me how it's actually done and i'm like all right um yeah i don't know i just love i love everything about it i love the kind of guitar key-ish sound that comes in at the end um i just think it rules um the demo is very different um this is another one that scott said reese uh greatly improved um but i do think it's kind of a cool alternate version of the song. Certainly more yellow second E in the demo. Similar so far. So I I think Reese one thousand percent. So I feel like uh, this song, the demo, gets the momentum going and then slams on the brakes as soon as <laughs> Scott's uh, lyrics come in because they don't just steal the wind from your lungs. Yeah, it just keeps it just keeps it it just keeps it going. It keeps it driving. The driving doesn't stop. Right. No, I think that's totally right. I think similar to someone else's problem. I mean, I actually like the demo version as a as a sort of yellow second song. I think it sounds cool, but it's a completely different vibe. And Reese deciding to match the da 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 with the words is definitely yeah, the right yeah. way to go to keep it moving and keep it driving. Yeah. Um, we should also mention the video, uh, July 14, directed by DJ Bronner, who also did... Uh, Battle Dancing Unicorns. Uh, this one's a pretty cool, straightforward performance video of them just in a warehouse. Um, yeah. Kind of the vibes of uh, Uptown Streets, the MXPX video. Just kind of right. get the band in a warehouse. They're, they're like, cool. Reese looks handsome <laughs> as hell. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we gotta. We always have to talk about our dude. Yeah, he's looking good. They're all looking okay, good. He's, 
I mean, everybody can get it. Everybody in the band can get it. <laughs> in Magnified Pod on Five Iron Frenzy, colon, everybody in the band can get it. Uh, I, I stand by it. I stand a, by it, okay? It's a good-looking crew. Um, it is a solid-ass looking crew. Come on. But, but Reese, is, Reese is looking great. Um, no, I think it's, yeah, it's a fun... <laughs> I think it's a fun uh, Reese video is, for Reese is a zaddy. We we have always <laughs> we been stand. on the record. Yes. We, we stand. We stand a, a zaddy, the Lord. <laughs> Did you say zaddy for the Lord? <laughs> I said, I said <laughs> we stand a zaddy Lord, but I like the idea of a zaddy oh. for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yep. A zaddy for the Lord.com <laughs> slash magnified pod. You can take right. that, Reese. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Uh, it was a dark and stormy night. Sort of like that. That's like a little bit of a headbanger moment. Ah, uh, so much. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> so great. This, this is comes very close to making the top three for me. Um, you know this. So as we said, this is the first song released in 2011. It kind of set the tone for what was to come. I just think it sounds so great. Like you said, that that transition from the chorus back into verse two just rolls so hard. Yeah. I love when it goes to just the bass and drums in verse two, and then the riff that comes in on top of it. Um, I love when the chorus goes down to just the piano for the opening and like like the opening and the closing songs on the record. Uh, we should say Reese's falsetto vocals sound great in that part. Um, I don't know. I think it's a great sort of reawakening song sort of like rising again um yeah and uh i feel like we need to listen to the um it was a dark and stormy night mushroom kingdom remix (laughs) oh right right, i forgot about this yeah yeah let's do it i love it Yeah. 
and a banger. So uh, great. So it. great. It rules so much. It rules. I love yeah. chiptune so much. It's so awesome. I think what I, would, I, love... I wouldn't I wouldn't love I wouldn't even mind if they like incorporated some of that into the uh, regular song. Yeah, I'm into that. That sounds, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I think what it is about like when I try to analyze why I love sort of chiptune and sort of eight bit soundtracks yeah. is like that bass is always so driving. Yeah. It's like that's always kind of the backbone of these songs. Yeah. Yeah. When they uh, uh, by Five Iron Frenzy and Matt Wilbur. Who that? Um, I don't know. Get him on the pod. <laughs> you gotta get him. Get him on the pod. Um. Yes, that rules. Uh, in the actual song, <laughs> I love the musicality of the ending and the horn line. Da 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 da. That comes in, um, and I still, you know, this is another kind of one of those chills moments for me where. <laughs> uh, oops, sorry. Shut up, more chip tune, please. No, 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 no. I was trying. I was trying to play the end of the. Sure. Regular the song. actual song. Sure, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, one second. Miss, I have meant to keep Just for hoping That hope still flies Wipe the sleep Out of our sleeping eyes yeah. hope still flies Hope yep. still flies, man. I just got chills again listening to that part. I love that as kind of a refrain and like, yeah. uh, oh, you thought maybe we were gone, but we came back and and hope it's still it's still the thing that's driving us and it's still working. And man, I just yeah. I don't know into it. Yeah, yeah. Seeing the sun. I fight tsunamis with that umbrella. only assume that you are besmirching the song's good name by saying it's the weakest on the album i'm it it doesn't it it doesn't get next level for me like uh any of the most of the rest of the songs here's what i'll say uh i like a lot of the i like a lot of the musicality of like the second verse with this I love the 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 vocals in the background and the and the little noodly guitars and yeah because it it's yeah I it just but it doesn't 
as you say, it never kicks into the that next gear for me. Well, two things. Number one, do you know why that is for you? I know what you're implying. <laughs> it is the and one Dennis song on the album. <laughs> I know. No, but he's, I mean, he's a, like, as in like solo, but I feel like he contributed to. He did. He did. But this is the only one that he did the words and the, the, and the music for. Yeah. Um, but here's what I'll say. I, I love everything about this song. I think it is close to being in my top three. I. That's interesting. I said that I remember you saying that earlier but before, you know, I don't remember when you said that yeah that you you loved a Dennis song on this record and sure do. I you know, when we when we did uh, Anti Meridian, the Brave Saint Saturn album, uh which if there's anybody out there who agrees with me that that's the best Brave Saint Saturn album, please let me know. Um but the Dennis song or one of the Dennis songs on that record, uh, Underground, I said was my favorite Dennis song since Beautiful America on the first Five Iron album. And I'm now here to say that this is my favorite Dennis Five Iron song uh, since then. Um, I really love the wow. song. I love, I love the drums. I love the chorus so much. I love the different guitar parts, but mainly I love where it builds. I think the ending, the last minute is really where it comes together for me. Can we just hear the, <laughs> the last minute? Maybe you'll change your mind this time. Let me and let me say, I've I like every song on this record. Yeah, I yeah, stated yeah. five out of five. <laughs> I know. I just five stars. Ending ten out of for ten. Me. Uh, Goodbye from I, again. A plus plus plus. <laughs> every time it drops out and comes back in with the da 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 da, I'm like, oh wait, is this is this in my top three? I just I like it very very much. So, yeah. kudos, Dennis. Let us now get into what is both of our number two. <laughs> Lizards and bygones, baby. Lizards and bygones. Thank you. 
I mean, this is obviously, as you said, this is both of our number twos. Yeah. I, I went a little back and forth about, is this my number one? Same, but, same. But, 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 but. Um, the reason it's not uh, is because I think there is a superior version to this mm, song that exists. I might agree with you about that. Yeah. Um, um, but the fucking drums, the drums on this dude. song. like andy (laughs) is all over the toms yeah the toms in the beginning i'm just from the opening toms i'm like oh well this might be my favorite song on the album like (laughs) it just immediately is great so Um, and the oh yeah so great so great i just think yeah i I definitely went back and forth with whether this or i knew that this was going to be in my top three i didn't necessarily expect against the sea of troubles even though i love it or even into your veins to be in the top three when i was just like before i actually went through but i i waffled on which was my order there but i think there's a reason you know both of those both the opening and the closing songs are very much of a piece with each other yeah musically yeah. thematically and um even though i decided uh you know, the opening song does it a little more for me. I just think it's, I think this is a perfect song. I think it's kind of a perfect encapsulation of the album, of the sound of the album. I um, love that it's the closing song. I do too. And this is, again, something we'll get into more, but sequencing wise. Um, yeah, let's hear some of the very ending. I love it. I love it so much. Beautiful. Because the the original demo is pretty much this. (laughs) um, Oh, it's so great. Just that distortion and the tambourine and the piano. Just just leaving the guitars. I love it so much. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Uh, it's listening to it now i'm just like is this my no this is i know my it is tough it's a very and it's, it's like, really tough i just love this yeah. song so much it's and i mean it's probably in it's uh it's in in my top of so many of like most five iron songs i just yeah. think it's no this is song. this is easily one of my favorite five iron songs um i think you know the yeah it's just that that perfect ending I love the opening, as you said, the opening of the album and the ending of this song are such a perfect kind of intro and outro overall. I know that sequencing wise, Scott said he was really surprised that this ended up as the closer. If for no other reason than it's a pretty bleak song. It definitely lives in that sort of the winter time. Um, And there is still, there's still some glimmers of hope, but it's very much living in the winter without giving way to like a final praise chorus as many five iron albums do for their closing song. Um, but yeah, I want to hear more about that, how that decision came to me, but I feel like just musically, if nothing else alone, it's such a perfect ending that it would kind of feel weird to have it not be how it all closes out. Um, but thematically too, I think it's pretty like bold of them to have it be like, this is where we're leaving you with this. And it's like almost a lack of resolution. And I like that more again it's kind of where we open where it's like it's not triumphant it's it's like a 
a wheeze, you know, not a wheeze, but like a Yeah. Can you stand the winter? Can you stand the weather if winter lasts forever? Yeah. That's a, that's a tough question to end on. <laughs> um and as we says And Scott I love said, that they I love that they live in that tension. I totally. love the tension. Totally. It's, it's the mystery, it's the tension, it's the unknown. It's yep. the you you cannot not exist. That's that's it, you know? Right. Totally. Yeah. I and and as we learned from Scott, it is not about <laughs> faith or sort of right, 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 right. in that way, but it's certainly but I think thematically to, with the rest of the record and and yeah. just sort of it works as a yeah. question works as an end. We will we will revisit a version of that song later as as discussed. Uh, all I'll say about that is that as much as I love Reese's vocals throughout this album and on this song, I kind of wish Scott would have sung the song on the album. Like same, same the version same, same. on Between same. Pavement and Stars, which we'll get to, is Scott singing, and um, he sounds great. And I kind of yeah. wish it was, but you know what? I, I'm really glad we have both versions. Um, and part of me wishes like this, you know, the EP version was on this album as like an extra or something, but it's also, you know, spoiler, my favorite song on the EP. So I'm glad that that exists there too. So yes, anyway, glad both too. satisfying versions of a great song. Agreed. Hey, that's a good John. album. <laughs> great, great album. Oh man. I had a lot Very of fun much talking into about it. it. I've been, waiting for this for a long time i've listened to this album so <laughs> much yes yeah, <laughs> so much but it's been a pleasure i i you know if if for nothing else uh doing this project and and becoming intimately familiar with this album and loving it so much has been a real gift so agree uh i i know people love it too i'm very eager to hear what everybody thinks um we'll do some more now, deep diving they want what if they want to do that, John? Uh, I'll tell you how they can do that. You can let us know what you think about the album, about our discussion at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can subscribe to the pod if you haven't done that already. Give us a rating or review, please. We will read your review on the pod. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727 MagPod. And, you know, not to throw our format off too much, but I was just realizing, while I would like people to call into the line, I suppose you could always record a voice memo and email it to us, right? That's true. I mean, I mean <laughs> two years in and you're fucking with our voicemail? Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a preferred method for this. But I was just thinking, if, if for some reason dialing the numbers has been a hindrance to you, uh, there's no reason we wouldn't accept we wouldn't accept a voicemail. Anyway, call the number, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying that people can't do that. I mean, it's just sure. like, this is my one ending contribution part to the, and you're Sorry. just like, eh, fuck the voicemail. Like just, just email them all to John. And then yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me field them first. Um, no, we love the Magpod line. We want, we want you to call the Magpod phone. Um, <laughs> pick up some tasty yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's because the mag the mag pod line is just a it's like one of those like 70s red phones with like yeah. five blinking lights on it it's like magnified exactly. pod so, magnified pod voicemail line <laughs> yeah, Andrew, here. Andrew here <laughs> perfect um, yep 
What were we talking about? <laughs> we, we were talking about how you can pick up some tasty swag over uh, at <laughs> magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Get yourself a t-shirt. Get yourself a, a mug. A mug over here. You know, yeah, bring we've a been little, seeing, uh, people have been posting people have been posting some pics of their of their Magpod uh, newest podcast ever mugs, and they're looking right. dope as hell. What better way to start off your week on a Monday morning than with a little Magpod and a little coffee in your Magpod uh, mug? In, yeah, and you into your veins with that coffee. That's, that's right. what I've send it that's straight what into I've, there. That's that's what I've been doing today. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Thank you to our shadow producer Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl, and thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios and Danny Leary for our artwork. Well, time is winding down, but only for this episode. We want you to be found enjoying the next episode. A sea of troubles here. Into your fears. Oh, yeah, I did the wrong song title. <laughs> John doesn't know the words, he forgot the lyrics from now. Does it sound like he's saying, I'm fucking. I'm drop fucking bliss. Definitely sounds like traffic fucking versus trafficking. I think he, it sounds like he's saying I'm drop fucking bliss. Who among us has Who a drop fucked us? bliss from now on? <laughs> now and then. Every now and then, just gotta drop fuck some bliss, bro. Oh boy. That's that's how I like to party. Screwed up the song title, rending on Trap Fucking Bliss. This is great. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>